KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company. Schleider Painting, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. All right, back together, home improvement, hour two, lunchtime, bean time, strap on the feed bag, put a few shrimp on the Barbie. By golly, it's warm enough this may actually happen. We might have a little BBQ, some grilling outdoors. Get it while you can. I mean, for heaven's sakes, we might be talking about snow melt here pretty soon. I apologize. I'm sorry. I, I, it's pertinent. It's timely. May not be urgent, but it is important. Get your snow melt ready, get your snow shovel ready to go, and it's time if you have a snow blower, if it's electric, test it out, lubricate it, get the tires and the wheels adjust, whatever you need to do for that. And then if it's gasoline, make sure it gets a good tune-up, change the oil or whatever, you know, the filter, whatever you need to do to get that tool, that implement, that support device that contributes to safety health and security around your home. Again, make sure that happens. Uh, If you have an irrigation, lawn irrigation system, or you have a fountain, whatever it is, we've already been below freezing with our temperatures. Uh, Your lawn irrigations, remember, call your lawn irrigation service company. Get that lawn lawn irrigation winterized. What that means is all those pipes underneath the ground and the ground's still quite warm so you know this freezing temperature unless we go on for a week and a half it's really not going to freeze those pipes for some time but what they do is they blow all the water out of those pipes and fill them full of air well when air freezes or the moisture in the air just a few droplets it doesn't really damage the pipes if you leave those pipes full of water or you have a low area, you know, a dip in one of those pipes or one of the valves doesn't open up to properly exhaust that whole system, you can split those pipes and really, you know, do some damage, cause some havoc uh, to your lawn irrigation system. If you have a pool, now's the time to get that pool winterized, covered up, you know, the cover pump in there, all those things that go with owning a pool or an outdoor spa, uh, whatever that is, and even a fountain, it's time to kind of make those things ready for winter. Phone lines, four phone calls, Calls 314-436-7900, Bring them on. We've got one more hour till we go up to the 1 o'clock time and go on to uh, retire ready uh, here on CAMWEX. Or toll-free anywhere if you've got an Internet connection, 800-925-1120 at 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I own Mosby Building Arts. Uh, We were founded in 1947. Suffice it to say we've been around for over seven decades. Um, We design and build residential. We do kitchens and baths, uh, room additions, uh, whole house makeovers. We fix small things. We have really a, a service called SAM. And that is honoring my father, Sam Mosby, the founder. uh, And that is pretty much kind of our handyman service. So we have an ability to get out uh, and, you know, take care of your smaller things. Also, uh, we become a little proactive with that. And there's a preventive maintenance program. So you can kind of buy the ability for us to come and we make appointments uh, sometimes two times a year, sometimes four times a year, sometimes once a month, whatever it is your home needs. And if you're an out-of-town 
maybe you're a snowbird. Uh, we do this for a lot of snowbirds and people that just aren't in their homes over the winter or, you know, whatever their travel schedules are. So that's another service. We have Right Bath, Right Kitchen, which is kind of a simple um, kind of a, a cabinet replacement and top and appliance uh, change out for kitchens and baths. Uh, and then we've got our, our real flagship, which is Design Build. And that's when you really sit down and why we have this fully, um, you know, long in the experience design team behind us because it really matters how that place, space looks, feels, and lives. Uh, and perhaps you've been in homes. Uh, you, you've been in, you know, homes for sale. Some homes sell well. You walk in the front door, the foyer is grand and stunning. And you just like, this is the, why, the, what a cool house. We need to buy this house. Well, you might buy that house three years later, you realize, wow, that's a lot of space that really doesn't do anything for somebody living here. It's just a wow space. You know, and then, so living good and selling good are two different things. Some homes are designed to sell. Some homes are designed to live. We know that difference, and that's part of why it's important to really kind of gel, jive, get along with your designer and why we do personality assessments for all of our associates as well as we kind of figure out our clients, and we try and match up our designers personality-wise with our, our clients. We also then, when it goes to the construction stage, the person, project manager, kind of figure out, like, would they get along well with Mr. and Mrs. You know, Smith? Smith or Jones, it's like, yeah, he's, you know, he or she, and we have project managers that are women. So again, we match those things up uh, kind of, it's really kind of fun. This is a really fun way to build because we have every, we even have licensed bath, uh, licensed plumbers, licensed electricians. Uh, we have drywallers, painting crew, substantial painting crew. So we know a good bit about that. Anyway, 314-909-1800 is what puts you together with uh, us at Mosby. Right now, Home Improvement, Camo X, we are dealing with quite the show. Uh, we have uh, six questions came in in the first hour. I'll tell you what, my brains, my whole cognitive abilities have been challenged in this first hour. Some really, really good questions all coming in through these phone numbers. All 10 lines are open for you right now. 314-436-7900. Come on, all together. 314-436-79. Come on. You're part of the family for a long time. 436-7900. Toll free 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. My first caller was Linda. Had a humidifier question. What does it take to add a humidifier to uh, her home with forced air? The options were steam, top of the line, a waterfall like an April air, middle of the line, and then a wet media. A little bit hard to find because wet media means that sponge kind of stays wet all the time. Sometimes that's not good for health. Uh, Dee had a question about pergo flooring. Remember the old pergo flooring 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, that was called laminate at the time. Now laminate refers to a different floor. Uh, those composite floors made out of composite, smashed up, compressed, very hard, very flat woods, um, they're not for wet surfaces. So a bathroom and a kitchen, a little not appropriate. Certainly can't go in a basement where you might have moisture or humidity on the floor. Engineering floor is a, a laminate or plywood floor. That's good for kitchens and baths. Solid hardwood we use a lot. The only place we don't use solid hardwoods is where we have young families with uh, two, three, four-year-old children that might, you know, drop the, the juice or the gallon of milk or whatever. And, you know, so if spills are prevalent and common, 
then that's a place that we might stay away. But for uh, baby boomers, you know, we put wood all over the first floor very commonly. Anyway, enough of that. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. If you're a do-it-yourselfer and you're trying to figure out how you get the experience to stay out of trouble, keep your wheels inside the lines of the highway, this is it. Cam Wex. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby, truly in love with you, at your service, here on CamelX. Now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement Hour 2, the Helitech Home Improvement Show right here on KMOX. You know, this show has been around for a very long time, all the time that I can remember. I'm, you know, I'm a baby boomer. I've been around the block a few times, and I remember... Um, listening to KMOX, the Baseball Cardinals as a child. I didn't know it was KMOX. I just knew I was listening to the Baseball Cardinals. Uh, and frankly, uh, I, I'm just a long-time listener. And, part, you know, if you're part of St. Louis, you grew up here, you know, KMOX was kind of the place and still is. And we take that responsibility very seriously here in St. Louis and in the radio community. So many different places uh, to get your radio, your TV, and all that media. If you want to take KMOX with you, it's radio.com, R-A-D-I-O dot C-O-M. <laughs> you know, I mean, I tell you what, if you want to know some stuff, uh, it's KMOX. If you want to take that stuff with you, we have podcasts on radio.com. So you can download this podcast. What did Scott talk about last week or two? I heard he was talking. What the heck was that? Well, you can take that podcast. You can subscribe to that. You can listen live anywhere. Radio.com is the ticket to that place. And we know some stuff about how people get media. We can tell you where they come from, how long they're there, all those things. So anyway, it's a great place and a great family to be part of. Uh, let's get going here. I'm, I've been talking too much. Let's talk to my friend here, Avery. Hey, Avery, welcome to CamWex. Good afternoon and lunch on CamWex. How can I help? Uh, yes, Scott. Um I was trying to uh, think if it would be beneficial to insulate a currently uninsulated uh, attic space over my garage. Yes. 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 And I'll tell you, uh, this is my path. I pondered that as well. Uh, Avery, you've got one car, two cars that come in there with a big hunk of steel that's hot. So in the wintertime, you get free heat. The question is whether you're going to keep it via insulation. Right. Yes. But, it, you know, now <laughs> when you launch that ship, this is like the, uh, the rising cost of a remodeling project, why we at Mosby uh, look into all those things. Because when you do that, and here's, here's the rest of it, you put insulation in that attic, it's easy, it's pretty inexpensive. But now you've got a garage door that probably should be better insulated as well and weather strips. So now you go to the garage door and do that. Um, but anything you do to keep that heat, to put a parka, around your garage um that's it and and when we bought the house we're in uh, the first thing i did was insulate the ceiling and the walls and yeah, of course i need a new garage door so i had overhead door come in and put in a nice it so now we have effectively a heated garage with one or two cars parking in there and it's pretty toasty in there most of the time well uh, i was just wondering uh, i have a space uh, there's a downstairs 
between the garage and the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And uh, that area in the winter is, feels very cold. And in the summer, it's hot. Yes. And part of that ceiling is actually a part of the uninsulated garage ceiling. Yes, I understand. Yeah. Um, I so, would insulate uh, it anyway just because it's going to be almost free by the time they get there. It's a relatively small job, so the cost will be a little bit higher than, you know, for us. So I'd get them to look at the house and that. But I would go ahead and insulate that because you can. But the value is so much lower because you don't have free heat from those car or cars. Um, so your breezeway or that room connected to that garage between your house still is going, it's not going to be any hotter or colder because of insulating the ceiling. Your garage will. Right, right. Well, I'll, uh, it, it, I have looked up in there. There's a separate hatch to to look at that garage ceiling, and um, it's pretty low, which means they probably couldn't, they'd have to blow it in. Well, blowing it in is your least costly way anyway. It's it's hard not to blow in attic insulation because it's, right. just, it's a very low-cost way to get high value. Well, I appreciate the information. It's a good question, Avery. I mean, it's it's kind of like, well, should I insulate my basement walls when I'm finished? Well, it's the last chance you're going to get at it. So, again, when people say they're closing in or finishing, you know, pegboards and wall systems and garages and such... Like, should I insulate it? Oh, my gosh, yes. If you're, if you're doing the finish and uh, in your garage, my answer for you is absolutely the insulation matters. But in that breezeway where you don't get free heat, uh, that's going to be low cost, low value. Your garage is going to be low cost, high value. Well, actually, that, the, what you call the breezeway uh, or the downstairs steps are is enclosed. Right, right. Uh, I understand. Yeah. But it do- doesn't have a big heat source. It's not a really condition. No, it has none. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. And it's hard right. to get it because usually there's screens and glass. It's more of a three-season or better described as a two-season room. And, you know, I've got a slab-on grade. It's uninsulated. That floor will always be cold in the winter. Uh, I know exactly what. I built those things for, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. a long time. <laughs> uh, well, that particular uh, area... Um, because it's got a wall that goes towards the garage, mm-hmm. is either it's fairly cold in winter. Would you recommend insulating it? And if you do insulate it, do you have to tear that whole inside wall out, or can you just um, put holes in it and blow it in? Are you referring to the garage wall or the house wall? The garage wall. Uh, the, um, the one bet- between what you call the breezeway and the garage. Uh, no, uh, very limited value. I would if I'm going to finish that wall. Just be, I would, I would because I could. Your, your, us, your, what I call a breezeway or that center anteroom is semi-conditioned. It's still going to be 10, 15 degrees warmer. Uh, than the outdoor or, or or hotter even in the summer. The point is, is insulating that wall is not as high of value as insulating that ceiling. Good. In the well, garage. I appreciate, appreciate your uh, input on that. Yeah, when you do that wall between the breezeway and the garage, you now have to bite off and do the other walls and the garage door, the rest of it, because insulating some, and I would if you're going to, you know, put a say a fire code drywall on there for fire separation or something like that that if code requires if i was going to cover that up then i would insulate it just because i can't get to it again after that right 
Insulation okay. is cheap. It is a really high-value, low-cost thing. Well, thank you so much. Okay, Every Thanks for the question. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye now. And there, I, in the answers, uh, and, and frankly, this is where Mosby Building Arts came from and why it's important to have a good designer. Uh, these, here's what you should do, and here's why, and here's why not. Do you fall into the why not? Um, so it gets to, are we doing the right thing? Are we spending too much money? Are we spending not enough money? So Avery's saying, well, am I spending not enough money? Should I insulate that wall between the breezeway and the garage? It's like, well, you know, because of our experience, no, you don't really get much for that. Now, if you insulate all your walls and the garage door, when those car or cars come home, we're talking about a warm garage for 12 hours because those, those big chunks of metal, those engines that come in pretty warm, they dissipate, they cool off, and they heat that garage. So that's important. Uh, let's see what's happening with my buddy, Paul. Hey, Paul, Scott Mosby, welcome aboard, my friend. How can I help? Thank you very much. I heard you talking about all these moisture issues today, so I thought I'd ask you about venting in a bathroom. Both I get two bathrooms, both have showers, so there's a lot of steam. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, I heard you talking about this before, but you, you didn't give enough information to satisfy a tenderfoot like me, so I wanted to try and clarify some things. Well, uh, first off, Paul, we were talking about pipe venting, plumbing, waste pipes. So you're in. No, this is t- the not not a bat, not the plumbing. It's the uh, to vent out the steam from the shower. Yeah, you're into even higher value in for stuff. So bring it on. Good question. Okay, uh, can't like the basement bathroom. Can you vent it through the the wall? Yes. Yes. That's okay. It won't just get sucked in the eaves and go back up and go up in the attic. Well, ideally you do. Uh, <laughs> boy, that that was an intelligent question. That was a 9 out of 10, Paul. The answer is yes, and that's why we oftentimes will vent it to the gable end or out through the roof. We don't like going through the roof, but when you get into the physics of proper bath ventilation, uh, they prefer the roof. Uh, if I'm putting in a basement vent and I'm putting it out through the wall, say through the band joist there, right at the top of the right. foundation, right. that moisture is going to dissipate before it rises eight or nine feet up to your intake soffit overhang of the attic. So I yes. would go ahead and vent that out that wall in a heartbeat. <laughs> But then the the first floor bathroom that would be a a no, uh, that would be right under the eaves vent. Uh, correct. Uh, I would probably either go through the roof or. If I can't, I would take it toward a gable end roof because your question is very, very well-founded. And it's an even nastier answer because when you put that, so let's pretend it's 14 feet to the gable end. So you raise that bath fan up into the attic. Well, by the time that hot, wet air gets 14 feet away, it's already condensed back into water. So you've got water droplets now draining out of a now plumbing-type pipe. So you have to seal that pipe, downslope it, and better insulate. You know, here's why Mosby, and again, all that stuff, the, the building signs. So you really have to keep that pipe really warm. And when you get through all that stuff, you may choose just to dump it right out through the soffit and take your risk. It may be the least bad choice. Yes. How's that for a long answer to a short question? Okay, I understand. And what kind of pipe should you use for these bathroom vents? Uh, there's only one kind. Uh, galvanized steel, period. 
Galvanized steel. Yeah, if you use that aluminum, that flexible, all of that, and I pronounce this capital A, capital L, capital L, all of that does not comply with the fire code. If you get a fire in that bathroom and you have a fan drawing that fire up, blowing it into that plastic corrugated flex, you just now force-fed fire into the attic of your whole house. Right. And right. so these fire guys get really fired up, literally, over this answer. So galvanized steel, you know it when you see it, and you'll see it right. down in the basement. Uh, and the same answer for your flue pipe on your water heater, only yep. galvanized steel or stainless, and the right. same for a dryer vent for the same reasons, for belching, okay. blowing fire. And what about insulating that pipe? You mentioned insulating it. A flex du flex duct, real low tech. Uh, off, we, and we typically have to buy that ourselves because the flex duct comes with a plastic liner, so that doesn't comply with the fire. We pull that flex duct out, and we typically put these flex duct socks or liners over the outside of our three or four inch pipes. And when we have a long way, we might put a f a five inch flex insulation and then a seven or eight inch over that. And we tape up all those joints, and the pipe has to slope to the outside, you know. Right. The more you know, you can really create and cause big problems because if you don't, if you put a little dip in that vent pipe, that's where Legionnaire's disease comes from, and that's where people die. So you've got to know how to vent these pipes. You're playing with right. life. Right. I heard you say it has to slope away from the, from the house because it may otherwise... Uh drop on the ceiling. Yeah, well, follow me through that. So you've got a nice shower, high humidity air, and warm air, and the vent fan draws it up into the attic into a nice properly vented piece of pipe. But now that pipe, so we typically rise it up to, say, 14 inches, and this is sticking up out of the insulation now, and that's why we put these uh, flex duct socks over. And now we have to tape and seal all those joints and slope that pipe to the gable end just like it's water because by the time that warm, moist air, let's pretend it's 8 degrees Fahrenheit, I mean way below freezing, by the time that air moves 8, 10 feet in that pipe, it may drop down to the dew point and now instead of vapor in the air, it's now droplets in the pipe. So this is where I get questions of, I've, I, you know, it's not raining but I've got an, a roof leak. You know, right. and it's really not a roof leak. So you have to really pay, watch your P's and Q's on how you seal that pipe, slope that pipe, and insulate that pipe just for venting a bathroom. Yes. Uh, we're getting into the Y. Mosby stuff all the time. It's like, well, why do you got, you know, you're so expensive. It's like, well, you want a roof leak in three years, and, you know, it'll be somebody else's mistake or problem. So, again, do you want thorough or not? That's the deal. Yeah. Now you mentioned the, uh, the uh, water heater vent. That uh, you're not supposed to put insulation around that because of fire risk, isn't that correct? True, true, absolutely. So you got a you got a spot there where the cold's going to penetrate through the uh, through the ceiling, don't yeah. you? If yes. You can't put insulation around it. No, no, and, and and don't worry about it because when you have a water heater, those flue gases are so hot that it it stays hot way long before it gets out. So it's outside the building envelope. It condenses, but it might condense five, six, eight feet outside the house yeah no but the i'm talking about the insulation around that pipe in the attic oh uh, so you don't which so you pipe? don't have cold air dropping through the ceiling 
Oh, yeah, yeah. It penetrates. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, the cold... Yeah, that's the other reason why we insulate those as well. You can have condensation dripping down on a bath fan uh, vented through the roof. That's why we try to mostly avoid those. But why we do insulate them, because with velocity, if you're going up four or five feet, that vent fan generally will blow that moisture out. You'll have a snowstorm outside your house where that fan exhausts, but that happens outside the building envelope. Yeah, right. There's a lot to this. The the more you know, the nastier it gets, and the more you can shoot yourself in the foot with unintended consequences. That's the building science stuff. Have you got time for another question, or are you all booked up? No, go ahead. Bring it on here. Okay, well, our garage floor is cracked and pitted real bad. Yeah. We were thinking of one of those epoxy coatings, but the gentleman that does that said it wouldn't be sufficient. It's too badly damaged or worn. Boy, so we're thinking of having the concrete. <laughs> I love right. honesty in the construction. I love honesty. Yeah, it's very nice, isn't it? Yeah. So we're thinking of having that all torn out and yeah. replaced. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's about a 24 by 24 right. slab. How many cuts should there be? Or is cuts enough, or should it be framed, or uh, rather uh, poured with uh, in sections? Well, it, you're into the old and the new. Uh, 30 years ago, we would put expansion joints in there. Now yeah. we just pour it all in one big thing and then score it or cut it about a half to three quarters of an inch deep. So that's the, and it's a soft saw. So they actually get on this thing the next day and cut them. And all they're right. doing is weakening the concrete in a straight attract. So when, I promise the concrete will crack, but with yeah. those cuts, it's an attractive straight break and, and it just doesn't, you just can't see it. Yeah. So how many would we need for a 24 by 24 slab? Well, I'd put four in there. I'd uh, at least one down the center and probably two because most, unbeknownst to most people, concrete floors typically don't settle. They typically heave from freeze. Mm-hmm. So a floor comes up and they say, but my slab's down. Well, yeah, it is down now, but I'll bet it broke because it came up in the, in the cold winter we had last year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where you get good concrete guys and not so, but you'll likely wind up with four sections in a, in a 24 by 24. Okay. Do you need that reinforcing mesh in a garage? It's just automobiles. You bet. Yes, sir. Why not? It's like my insulation answer. It's like, well, you've got a couple thousand dollars in a floor, maybe more. How about another few hundred dollars of metal? Like, in it, and you double the strength of it. Well, sure. Why not? You know? And that would be that six by six wire? Yes. At the least. At the very least. Yeah. And how thick should a slab be? Uh, it's going to be right. three and a half inches, and it might be four to four and a half in some places. And it will slope slightly toward the garage door, maybe inch right. and a half, maybe right. two. And how about gravel underneath? Yep, all that's part of that tear-out and replacement. Generally, when you tear out the old concrete, you get a lot of free gravel when you're breaking it up, so not usually yeah. a big problem. But how much How much gravel would you recommend? Uh, no less than four to six inches. If you've got dirt down there, that it's the dirt that expands. The gravel does not because the yeah. moisture falls out of that. When you don't have enough gravel, that's where your floor heaves and breaks from right. your crack. And we have that clay soil that really expands and contracts, you know. Yeah. Like this summer, we were seeing one, one and a quarter inch cracks in the clay. <sighs> wow. Because it got so dry. Yeah, when and you're when in it that... Rains, it, when it rains, it all disappears. All those cracks disappear. <laughs> well, the water goes right down those cracks, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Uh, Thanks, Paul. Appreciate those that, questions. I think that, yeah, I, I appreciate all the information. Well, thank you so much. You, you took us through some serious stuff. Good question, my friend. Well, thank you. All right. Bye thank now. you for helping. All right. Bye Goodbye. Now. Wow.
You guys are smart. Yeah. Who are these guys? You, wait a minute. Let's trade places. I haven't had a caller here that shouldn't be on this microphone allegedly answering questions. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I hope you're having fun like I am. I love this stuff. Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right. One of the fun things I get to do with uh, Mosby Building Arts uh, is uh, participate in the Harvard Center for Housing Studies. Uh, our company and uh, our president, Mark McClanahan, has served on that for three or four years. And here's one of the things that came back very, very uh, kind of surprising to me. And we all know the boomers are getting older. We're going to need accessibility in our houses. That's very important. You know, over the next 20 years, uh, the 80-year-olds will be the fastest growing age group. Okay, we knew all that. Here's the ticket. By 2038, most of those will be single-person households. Older adults living alone is is projected to reach 10.1 million. Not most of them, but a bunch of them. Ladies, that's you. You better get these accessibility things done quick. And for you men, you and I are probably going to predecease our wives. You know, it is what it is. It's been that way before. It'll be that way after we're gone. The issue is, are we going to continue and finish providing for our spouse and get that done while we're still around to vote on it? Or are we going to leave it to her? So I found that one really hit me right in the face. And it's accessibility. There's so many people because the biggest issue and the reason this accessible issue has not been more popular and prevalent in the remodeling industry over the last 10 years. And and we, part of that Harvard Center, thought this was going to be the boom. And it didn't happen because I don't need that. I'm not old. I am not needing accessibility. I will forever be young. Well, I have news for you. Nobody lives forever. And we lose our abilities long before we check out. Uh, But this data shows that pretty much a huge amount of these boomers left behind, if you will, are going to be single-person households. And frankly, we do a ton of work for single women Uh, because we're full service. We take care of all that stuff. But men, if you want to be part of this, the time is now. Get her done while you're still around with your experience and contacts and all that. So anyway, big deal. Uh, Let's go right to the phone lines, talk to my buddy Kevin. Hey, Kevin, good afternoon. How can I help, friend? Hi, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing wondermas. I'm probably having more more fun than I should. Uh, First of all, I'd like to uh, thank all your sponsors for bringing us and I appreciate your uh, your expertise and uh, experience. But my question is, uh, I got a house that was built in the late 70s. And uh, about 10 years ago, discovered at this time of the year that my cast iron uh, floor drain, the P-trap, had rusted out. So there was absolutely no water in it. And, uh, of course, the dehumidifier had kept water in it throughout the summer. So uh, I ended up after some years later with uh, quite a few settling cracks in the basement floor. They're bigger than normal 
hairline cracks. They're not open by any means. But my question is, is aesthetically, is there any way that I could fix these and or like fill them and paint the basement floor? What would you suggest? Well, well, count your lucky stars because those cracks are probably telling you where your cast iron floor pipes are. Um, And if your P-trap is gone, typically where the water is doesn't get as much oxygen. So the cast iron pipes where the water isn't, where the moisture sits and oxygen gets to it, it's the, the vent pipes, the vertical stacks that rust before the wet flowing ones. So I have news for you. It's the top of the pipe that rusts first. The bottom typically doesn't. So if your P-trap is gone, careful there. I'm, I'm getting a lot of wind noise or... Uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm outside. Well, what we did was we actually... Uh, my son's a cement mason. We cut the floor up there and replaced that P-trap with a PVC unit. Okay. And tied into the cast iron. And uh, I've had no issue with it since, but the result was many years later after we repaired that were these bigger than hairline cracks in the floor, I assume from settling. Well, shrinkage, your concrete goes in wet and it eventually becomes dry. So that is your concrete patch that shrunk. Or this is over the expanse of the whole uh basement floor yeah that's still just shrinkage unless you have big wide one inch cracks then you have shrinkage and but but there are thousands of gallons of water in your concrete floor when it gets poured and that all goes away so your concrete will shrink and crack once again is there is there any way aesthetically can i grind these out fill them and then like use a, a a concrete paint over the top to aesthetically make it look oh uh, this is for, like, resale value. Sure. Uh, Kevin, um, I'm going to pot you down here and explain this. Your best bet <clears throat> is to just caulk it with a concrete-colored urethane caulk. And the way to do that on that jagged, irregular thing, match the color as close as you can to a one-part urethane caulk, usually gray in color, Vulcan, V-U-L-K-E-M, Sika, uh, S-I-K-A. Those are two commercially used urethanes. And the way to do that is put two-inch wide masking tape over that crack and then break that tape where the crack jagged is and then inject your grout in or your uh, caulk in that. It may take one and two applications because it may settle down. If it's a really wide crack, wider than a quarter of an inch, say three-eighths or and a half, then you'll need a backer rod, backer rope with that. But uh, I've been through all of this. Uh, the crack is more attractive, frankly, than the patch will be. So if you coat or paint anything and you have cracks then they just get more suspicious suspicious and the home inspector as well as realtor and the buyers start looking really hard so i would just caulk it and leave that um apparent with the explanation written into that i'm running out of time kevin sorry i've got to go uh thanks for the question good question uh less is more uh fix the crack caulk it stop leave it well enough alone home improvement scott mosby cam now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, we're running out of minutes here. We're going to get right to these phone lines. I have had a fantastically good time. Thank you for joining. I love this stuff. Let's see what's happening with Paul. Hey, Paul, how can I help you, sir? 
Yeah, hello. You, can you hear me? Yes, sir. You're on. Oh, okay, great. Uh, well, I got what I hope is a softball question for you. Pretty easy. I didn't think it was related to waterproofing. First time listening to your show. Fantastic, by the way. Uh, here's the situation. I got this smart washer, LG washer. I just bought, uh, I'm sorry, LG dryer. Got it. I just bought it, and it's not drying the clothes adequately. Uh, it'll quit before the cycle's over, and it's telling me that I got a blockage in the exhaust hose. Yes. And I most certainly do not. It was just installed. And the owner's manual says that possibly the hose is too long, but yeah, yeah. I, I just don't really see where the problem's at. And I'm trying to avoid – I'm thinking I got, like, maybe a $500 repair ahead of me to reroute this whole thing because there's only one way out of this 1940s uh, basement laundry room. Oh, so I, any feedback you got? Yep, you've probably answered the question right there. All that smart dryer does – is measure how long it's run and how wet it still is. And it knows that it's working too hard to get rid of that moisture. Or you put a booster fan in that exhaust. And I've been involved where, you know, sometimes routing these dryer vent pipes are $4,000 because of those old 1940s houses. And it's like, well, it's, you know, that's crazy. So, again, I, I feel your pain. I think you already have the answer buried in your question. It It's, it's not getting rid of the moisture fast enough and that electronic unit's just saying wait a minute, i'm working too hard for too little that's what's up right right okay one more thing the guy that uh, installed the dryer he dropped it off and everything and i noticed he did not install the exhaust hose on there and uh, i just asked him some question i don't remember exactly what he said but it was something like Oh, uh, you don't need to uh, hook that up. And I'm like, won't this room just fill up with humidity oh, no, and moisture? You may have an unvented smart dryer, and they don't connect to the exterior, in which case, I hear you. Um, that's... Um, my opinion is it does need to be connected. It does need to be not. A, yeah. But some of those dryers, they're selling them as unvented, and it's okay, but they run forever. So... Uh, yeah, I guess so, but it does have the exhaust, so wouldn't that just seems like you would have to connect it or Well, you can. You know. can make those things vent. So I I think I'd uh, I think I'd ask about that and find out a little bit. Read the manual, find out what that unit requires and how it can, but some of those smart dryers are sold where they don't need to be vented. All that means is instead of drying in an hour and 30 minutes, they run for 4 hours and 10 minutes and your basement's now wet. So Oh, gosh. All right, all right. Well, not the news I wanted to hear, but appreciate it just the same, Scott. Yeah, welcome to the high-tech world of we've got it all figured out for you, brother. <laughs> yeah, the not-so-smart, smart dryer. Amen. <laughs> all right, take care now. Thank you. Okay, Paul, take care. And there we go. I, 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 you, uh, The three callers hold the line. I'll take you off the air. But this is what I call a unit that sells good lives less than good so these smart dryers smart whatever all that stuff just beware because they can put this whiz bang something on it and sell it to you doesn't mean it works scott mosby a pleasure being with you this week